0: This is Han Solo, and you're listening to Octo Radio, a Star Wars podcast. (laughs) I don't know. Fly casual. What is going on, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of OCTO Radio, a Star Wars podcast. This episode presents it in collaboration with our friends over at In a Galaxy, a Star Wars podcast. That, of course, hosted by our friends Eli and Jacob. This episode is a collaborative effort that Eli and I wanted to do. Um, It's a sort of a sprawling conversation on fandom and on discourse and on our feelings on the way that Star Wars conversations are had. So this episode is also available over there on the In a Galaxy Star Wars podcast feed. Um, this conversation is is laid back. It's us sort of unpacking these different ideas. It, Eli's a great, uh, I was about to say great kid, even though <laughs> Eli's an adult, definitely an adult. Um, it's just uh, the, the age difference of, of just those, those few years um, can make me feel so old sometimes. But yeah, he's a great guy, a great Star Wars mind, uh, bringing positivity and thoughtfulness to everything uh, that he does. We also play in the in a galaxy trivia league some of the people that you know from the star wars podcast space such as myself the guys from cast and TNAP, imperial senate podcast um, lots of different people um, play and appear over there uh, in, in a galaxy's trivia league which is called epic confrontation so we have a great sort of working relationship and a great friendship and i was happy to join him for this conversation d- discussing how we can be better about our star wars conversations how we can be better about engaging with art how we can do it in good faith how we maintain a positivity and a relationship with star wars that is healthy and and that enables us to uh, lean into what we appreciate about it and make it a really personal experience um, as opposed to being vitriolic as opposed to feeling uh, like it's an egocentric experience as opposed to engaging in a a certain tribalism that has definitely plagued a lot of us online. And we just wanted to unpack that. I will say up front, we make it clear several times in the conversation, we're not trying to tell anyone how to think or how to handle this. This is just us unpacking our feelings and saying how we approach things in a way that makes our experience, especially in the online Star Wars fandom, something healthy and uh, conducive to creativity and conducive to um, a joyful experience. It's something that nobody has all the answers to, but as we point out in the conversation, we love this stuff. Um, we love engaging with it. We love renewing our love for it uh, and finding the different ways to engage with it that, that keep us vitalized, that make you remember why you wanted to be in uh, participatory fandom in the first place. So it's a really, really fun conversation. I'm going to throw it right over uh, to the recording with Eli and myself, and uh, I hope you enjoy. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on it and to, to exploring um, the different angles of how people sort of stay uh, engaged and, and stay light and stay fresh. Uh, it's not always easy. We all have our moments. Um, but again, not trying to tell anyone uh, how to think or how to feel, but I think that there's definitely um, a way that everybody can find for themselves that makes it so that these types of conversations um, are less necessary where we don't all sit around and say, why is fandom exhausting sometimes? Why is it so toxic sometimes? I think that there are steps that a lot of us can take and I'm happy to have shared a platform here um, with Eli. I'm happy that he brought the topic to my attention. Um, That way we could kick it around and unpack a few different points that he put together. Um, And I'm excited to present that conversation for you now. So here comes me and Eli uh, from the past with our discussion on Star Wars fandom and making a better conversation. Enjoy.
1: Alden and I are here to talk about our views on the Star Wars fandom, our perspectives on how we talk about Star Wars, how we watch Star Wars, all of those kinds of ideas. And one of the first things I want to say is that Not much of this talk is going to be related to the actual Star Wars pieces of media themselves. Like, Mm. I don't care if you don't like The Last Jedi, or if you don't like The Book of Boba Fett, or if you don't like Andor, or whatever it is. That's not what I'm talking, that's not what we're talking about. It's the way we go into watching Star Wars, the way we talk about liking or not liking Star Wars. Mm. And even though I do happen to like most of those things, if not all of those things, for me it's not really about that. For me, it's it's not really about like, oh, I like this and therefore I am a better fan than you. Like, no, 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 none of that. This is more about like, how do we have, how how do we have these conversations? How do we engage in a way that's not only more respectful to each other, but more respectful to the people who are creating this stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's uh, everything moves at a breakneck pace and the reactions are very knee jerk. A lot of the times and the conversations can get lost, especially on platforms like Twitter and TikTok, which have very strong and, and deep Star Wars communities. Those platforms which should be noted were designed for speed. They're designed for quickness. They're designed for bites and you can't really get nuance on there. And that causes a lot lot of tension and it causes a lot of, uh, frankly, unfairness, which we'll talk about um, in terms of fandom, in terms of what you want versus what you get in in terms of attaching your identity to things. And so it becomes very nuanced. And it's something that we talk about a lot off air with our friends, where it's like no one wants to tell anybody what to think. And that's not what we're doing. That's not what you want to do. It's not what I want to do. So we want to make that very clear right up top. But what it is, is a, hey, we're not angry all the time. And we love this thing. And if we love this thing, then we want to engage with this thing in a way that is from love, you know, that is based in love. And so how do you do that? How do we approach it? Why do, why do we feel good um, about Star Wars? And and how do we even get over things that sometimes give us pause? And, and like you said, being fair to the people that are human beings um, trying to make it.
1: Yeah. Um, Like Alden said, this is not supposed to be. We are not putting this out there because we want to tell anybody what to think. That is not our goal. That has never been our goal. That is not our goal and that will never be our goal. So if you don't agree with this, that's fine. If If you agree with parts of it or don't agree with parts of it, that's also fine. We're not making this to try to tell people what to think. First of all, because that's impossible. You can't do that. And B, because even if you wanted to try, that'd be a fool's errand and a waste of everybody's time. I think we have all of like the disclaimers out of the way, so do we want to just get into this stuff?
0: Yeah, let's start breaking it down. I mean, there's a lot to cover, and there's going to be a lot yeah. of topics within topics. So.
1: Oh, yeah, there is. One of the things I realized specifically for me about Star Wars Discourse is, at least online, I feel like it's very—this is something I I figured out very, very recently, actually— is how much it builds on itself. Mm. There are new ways of saying the same four or five things constantly. This stuff is extremely complicated, and I'm not trying to minimize that and say it isn't, but yeah. a lot of the complaints I've I've heard, at least the ones that I'm talking about, the bad faith complaints, have boiled down to the same half-dozen things at the end of the day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and even then if they're not like specifically storytelling things or star wars things or uh the dreaded c-word content things um they're they're being corrupted by the same sentiments or they're or they're coming from the same places um that's not what i wanted you know is one of the big ones that's at the yes. center of a lot of things when we'll talk about that but you're right that it is sort of cyclical down to the point where star wars fans even realize that it's cyclical we have moments online where people will be like oh here we go again, or, oh, wow, we all like this thing, and we're going to be fighting again soon. And, like, people realize that it's happening, and yet it doesn't actually ever change.
1: There is an inevitable item that I've talked with um, Alden and a lot of our friends about this, of, like, a here it comes sort of, mm-hmm. like, here's this new piece of Star Wars, whatever it is. And then here's everybody telling me why it's terrible, it sucks, it shouldn't be made in X way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can so, even feel
0: it sometimes when you're watching Star Wars, like if something oh, happens yeah, that I, you, that is at all big or dramatic or even maybe controversial or, or that feels a certain way in any way, you start bracing yourself and you're like, oh God, here we go. I'm gonna have to hear about this <laughs> for a week at least.
1: Oh yeah. I try not to let that control it for me. It's important, and this is something I struggle with quite a bit, to not let, this course, rule over you too much.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have to, I think a hard part of all of this is staying present, but also staying somewhat selfish, which Star Wars advocates against. And we all know that it's bad to be selfish and you don't want to be, um, you don't want to live your life that way. But in terms of your enjoyment, you have to remember that you enjoyed it for yourself first, before you found everyone started alone. You know, you might have had your family that introduced it to you, but or your friends, but your relationship with it. Um, is your own. And later on, you started sharing that relationship through your social media presence or through your shows, through your art, through your TikToks, whatever it is. You need to always stay in touch, though, with the fact that it was for you first. And you can't allow someone else's opinion to color the way that you feel about it or to make your opinion feel less valid, um, which can be a hard thing to do sometimes when it feels like you know, one opinion is, is quote-unquote popular, um, even though the online sphere is only a fraction of what the actual uh, entire fandom, if that could ever even be quantified worldwide, is. I mean, you go to a Star Wars celebration, um, there's no, there's nothing like this at all.
1: Oh, yeah. There, there, there's like, you know, there you can bring up the constant clips of the um, actors um, and creatives who have been horribly, horribly bullied online Mm -hmm. getting standing ovations at star wars celebration and that should tell you number one first of all how horrible the online fandom can be sometimes and B, how unrepresentative of the entire fandom however you'd quantify that the online space is i mean you know look at somebody like ahmed best he drove himself almost to suicide Mm -hmm. because of the horrible fan response he got and which is something that should never happen to anyone because of a goddamn movie but you know he's had this um and i i don't want to call it cuz i know a lot of the media has been calling it a redemption arc it's not a redemption arc he had
0: nothing to redeem yeah uh, we the world had a redemption arc yeah the world um, and and fans with an outward voice redeemed themselves by starting to treat him the way he deserved to be treated like an artist yeah. like a person trying to make things yeah um yeah and and we've seen that you know that sort of side of it um that sort of Darkness and that that flippant way that people treat these artists and these performers, it show, It speaks to a um, an attitude that I think is at the center of a lot of this, which is that people treat something like Star Wars, an artistic product, they treat it as if it was a meal, and that they're at a restaurant that they deserve to be served what they ordered, um, which is a very, 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 very different thing. I didn't like Jar Jar Binks. I deserve a better character. I didn't like this. I deserve a better movie. I deserve this fictional character deserves what I say they deserve. That possessiveness, which Star Wars also advocates against, um, is uh, very, very, very uh, corrupting. um, And it can be a big problem.
1: Yeah, Well, one exception to that, of course, is um, I haven't finished watching Young Jedi Adventures yet. And if Nubs gets hurt or injured in any way, he deserves better. And I'm not going to. Um, uh, that's
0: true. To... That's just that's just a canon fact. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's just a canon fact. Nubs uh, who
0: will live for ten thousand years at least.
1: Thousands of years, thousands, until the end of time. Nubs will live. Um, Nubs is going to be.
0: Uh, Nubs will be uh, uh, working at Ray's Jedi Academy.
1: Uh, that kind of segues nicely um, into our, our um, into the first kind of like thing I wanted to talk about, which is like how we go into watching Star Wars. How do we sit down when something mm. new comes out? You know, um, for me, it's like, a wake up in the morning, like a, okay, here we go. What's what's the Bad Batch got for me today? What's the Mandalorian got for me today? Whatever it is. And I found that like there are these three approaches. There are two that are kind of obvious, but there's one... The first one is very obvious, which is the people who go in wanting to hate. People who go in wanting to criticize, wanting to go in there and nitpick and take everything for how bad it is or how bad they think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to go into those people because Alden and uh, our good friend uh, Jared the Dark Jedi did a two-part episode diving into those people. And I don't really think there's a lot to be said about those people that are, hasn't already been said by them. And then there are a lot of the people who I think represent a quite large amount of the fan base, which, who are I call, who I call like the neutral approachers, which kind of just take the media as they come. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm not. I used to be one of those people, but mm. this is going to sound really, this might sound really dumb to some people, but it's true. You will enjoy media more if you go in with the third approach which is how we do it, the loving slash positive approach. You will just like it more.
0: you have to I mean, and with that too, I think a lot of people will take that and be confused by it. Um and, and conflate that with like you liking everything or shilling or just like and it's it has nothing to do with that. It's just wanting, I think I think wanting to love is is a different, probably probably a sharper um, a more direct way of wording it, like you were so, love and positive, yes, but like it's a desire, it's a meeting it in the yeah. middle, it's a wanting to wanting to know what it has in store, wanting to know what they're trying to do with it. Um, I, which are very different things than just liking everything that they give you. Um, because everybody has yeah. their things, even in their favorite stories, they have their things that they are not their favorites. Um, and that's fine. Um, or that they even just don't like, and that's fine too. Uh, but yeah I mean approaching it as as that middle ground is very much so like the it's a product like oh it's another piece of Disney content it's another thing it's another yeah. thing and we'll just sort of take it in and it's like there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing inherently wrong with that but it's just a well then of course you know you'll perpetuate narratives I think that that's sort of that, that lack of engagement um, perpetuates narratives you know dumb things you hear like oh, Book of Boba Fett wasn't even about Boba Fett And uh, I watched it, it, but someone told me that. And it's like, you know, are they a hater?
1: You you shouldn't have to watch uh, Book of Boba Fett to catch up on Mandalorian season three. Um, And it's like, are they they a hater?
0: Are they a fan of Menacer? No, they're not at all. But they're not engaging and they're just sort of breezing through, regurgitating. And that becomes part of the problem in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I do want to point out, because Alden mentioned the term shill before. Um, I actually like, I think the the whole like idea of that term is really funny to me because I love that some people think that there's wrong, there's something inherently wrong with liking something. Hmm. I, that, that, that's, it's fascinating to me and I understand where it comes from, but if you put it like that, which is down to its very essence is what it is is being mad that somebody likes something it sounds a lot weirder and more like unnecessary than it might otherwise um yeah like i think about um the uh i don't know what it's from but uh it's the it's the picture that's been floating around the internet a lot lately um the that, that elizabeth Olson it usually oh, cool talks about the things you hate yeah. it's not
0: You should keep quiet about what you dislike and talk about things you do. Yeah. 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 Which is true. And it's like, that doesn't mean like everything. And you could say, if something doesn't land for you, be like, you know what? I didn't, I didn't like that. Or I didn't, I didn't connect with me. I didn't care for it. It wasn't for me. It wasn't my favorite. Any version of that you want to do. Great. Um, But it's just a, uh, it's just a difficult, it's a difficult curation effort that has to be done. Um, I get accused of that, of like, oh, you love everything, you love everything. And it's like, I really, really, really don't. Um, it's just no, that what yeah. I'm taking the time out of my day to type about is what I like. And that's good yeah. for our mental health. Like, again, that's, it's a mental health thing, too. Um, and, and it's like, it's a big enough problem that people don't want to be in these communities because of how explosive and, and gross and vitriolic that it can be. And so at that point, it's like, you know, this opening section is how do we settle to watch Star Wars? You talked about getting up in the morning and what do they have for me? What, what is the what is the story they want to tell? I think that if you love this and you're listening to a Star Wars podcast, which I'm assuming means you love it. Then you have to treat it sort of like a romantic relationship. I've made that analogy before. You're going to have days where you're like, I don't know. I don't feel like Star Wars today or Star Wars and I aren't getting along today. But when you go to bed, you still love Star Wars. Still love it. Engage with something like you could watch an episode of Mandalorian and you could be like, oh, that was my least favorite. I really didn't like that. But then later in the day, if you're thinking about a scene, if you're thinking about one costume or one creature that made you go. That was that was pretty cool. Then 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 take that. Take that and yeah. and and look look forward to seeing it again. I know people that hate a movie that we love, Rise of Skywalker. Um, it's a very polarizing film. Like every other person likes it every other person doesn't like it but people were so excited to see a trototome in jedi survivor like oh yeah. because that that was an and element even like a bigger
1: even a bigger example not just the trototome or the in and the Inzelins in and mandalorian or whatever
0: yeah
1: you know people are so excited Daisy Ridley and Charmino Bay got a standing ovation at Celebration London, yes. which I know you were at and I wasn't, mm-hmm. but I saw the pledge. They got a standing ovation because they're bringing back those characters. People wanted to see them so badly yeah. but that was yeah. the news that, like, I think a lot of people. I, I don't want to speak to them, of course, but like a lot of people, I feel like that was the news that most they were most hyped about from Celebration. And this Celebration had a lot of news.
0: Oh, dude, I'll tell you, man, as somebody who was there, that daisy return they teed it up you know charmeen was like would you like to meet the jedi master do you want to meet the jedi master she asked like twice when ray's theme kicked in she she walked on sort of at the same time that the music kicked in but the music was like a second early Who the place lost it because because love wins like love always overpowers yep. the bs People aren't there booing. People aren't there talking about they don't like her. And guess what? If you're listening to this and you don't like her and you have a legitimate reason, that's fine. You know yeah, we can not- suss out the difference between misogyny, hatred, uh, bigotry, and a character not working for you. There are characters that don't work for me. I don't like yep. General Grievous all that much. I'm open about that much to the chagrin of eli and devore and several other people when i
1: was planning this episode i was legitimately thinking i'm like i I want to do a part where i'm like you know we don't like agree on everything and the thing i was thinking of on your side was general grievous legitimately um and i was going to make a kotor 2 joke because i am infamous in our group of friend friends for disliking kotor 2 um uh but again it does not matter the bottom line no. is it does not matter what you like and what you don't this is this this is about how we talk about this stuff and how we think about this stuff i think leads us great into our like on the sheet what's our third section but i think uh, i think it would be yeah, good if we Yeah go
0: go second. go where it's natural yeah absolutely yeah,
1: yeah uh about what i call personal desire versus storytelling desire because mm. what you want from a piece of Star Wars media or whatever it is, is almost certainly not what you're going to get. And there's an obvious um, elephant in the room with this conversation, which I feel like really started this conversation in a lot of ways. And that was The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. And um, a film that we are both on the record saying we both love. But even if you don't, that movie, like it for it or hate it for it, did what it wanted to do. Mm -hmm. it did what it wanted to do ryan said i'm I'm gonna do what i want to do and if you're happy with it come along if you're if you're not happy about it i'm sorry but
0: yeah and it didn't do it with and that's the thing is that the creators don't have malice (laughs) fans have malice so it's like oh yeah when you look at something like that um the the only people and that this is the thing too is that it's about respect for artists like it was his opportunity it was his screenplay and his feature film, like he's the one that, and, and Lucasfilm as the you know owners, they get to decide what they're going to do. And it doesn't mean that as a fan you need to feel like your ideas or your feelings are invalid because they they weren't followed. Your fan fiction, your fan art, your your fan RPGs, all these things, your fan Twitter accounts, all these things can be great and interesting and funny and cool and all that stuff, and it can be celebrated. And we, um, and
1: we have evidence, like a lot of evidence that they look at this stuff they engage with this stuff even if they don't yes. end up calling it. like the people at lucasfilm like the, the, the whole lucasfilm doesn't care about the fans argument is yeah. maybe one of the worst arguments i've ever seen because i think lucasfilm cares about the fans more than most like more big than franchises a, do.
0: media franchises and media companies absolutely i mean like i can attest like i was one of a few people like a great few, by the way, a great squad of people. Um, Star Wars.com has some of them like of people that were invited backstage at celebration for no other reason than let's just celebrate this. Let's have fun. Hey, we know you love this. Come love it. I've gotten these sound like brags and I promise you, I'm not trying to brag, but like I got a package during COVID from Lucasfilm that unprompted. Someone just emailed me and asked me for my address from Lucas unprompted. No reason. It wasn't my birthday or holiday or anything. That was just a, hey, we're cleaning out the office a little bit, you know, with work from home. Uh, We're taking advantage of that and organizing. Um, So we wanted to send you uh, some stuff, uh, you know, uh, curated to your tastes. And it was a huge focus on Rebels. There was a Sabine action figure in there. Like, they didn't have to do that. Like, and so it's like that, that had nothing to do with anything.
1: And beyond, like the way they treat the way basically they've done stuff at the last, um, the the last few conventions really shows that. yes. Like, show oh my screening, god. Yes. Screening Obi Wan early, screening The Mandalorian early.
0: Yes, um, and inviting inviting panels up like chase and rebecca like goose like on terms of you know the representation side of things of course with with queer and latinx voices and black voices and then on the on the fan side having fun things like bringing everybody up to talk about valence uh with with ethan Sachs, and like that they and, do and like, like i'm
1: thinking about like the 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 one way out yes oh, that the, was shown the, on the march of the arcana closing.
0: by prisoners yeah, yeah and so like with that it's like what Why can't we have that love all the time? So, you know, to loop it back in, you go to Last Jedi, everybody went in with preconceived notions built up over two years. And then they did it again um, for episode nine.
1: And it's like,
0: that's fine. That's normal. But with all art, with all art, you should remember, A, the joy that we just talked about with a lot of those examples. And B, very importantly, B, it is not about what you want. It is never about what you want. We all saw Star Wars as kids. If that was OTPT, now ST, um, any of the animated series. And we all had moments where we're like, I bet this is going to happen. I think I want this to happen. I want this. And it doesn't happen. But children don't get bitter when the things that they adults do that. We lose the ability to get to be flexible. And I think that if you hold on to that the best you can and judge it for what it's trying to be, you'll be happier. Like an example I always use is like I grew up not liking Twilight, right? I didn't like it. I still don't really like it, but I don't dislike it because it's a vampire romance. I love a vampire romance. I just didn't like the way they did it. Um, or, or, you know, let's pick a recent movie. Uh, John wick just came out, right? We had a John wick movie. You don't watch that and be like, uh, not enough musical numbers. It's like, well, guess what? Oh, yeah. They didn't make a musical. Like, so Th- when that, that goes don't... into
1: another point down here, like of engaging a, um, with a story on its own terms. And, yeah, no, exactly. I and,
0: and I think those are those are married points, you know, like th- the desire, the wants, the perspectives, the their terms versus yours. Like there are things in both eight and nine of the sequel trilogy that I never would have predicted and things that if you had asked me beforehand, would you like this? I'd be like, no, does not like a good choice. Oh, if yeah. someone had come up to me before TLJ and said, you know, Luke never leaves the island in that movie, I'd be like, what? Like, I would be I, stunned by that. I, I will
1: say this right now. I unknowingly read a leak of The Rise of Skywalker mm. a few months before it came out. And because I, I'm not huge into leak culture, I assumed that most of it was bullshit.
0: Mm. It
1: wasn't. It was actually 90 to 95% accurate about what the film was. It conflated a few things. And I read that specific one. I don't know why was this was on Reddit or something. I forget why. But I remember I'm like, this sounds awful. This sounds like an awful end to the Skywalker saga.
0: I, I, the, I, watched- I, I did hear some. rum. I was like, there's a giant snake and then there's forced lightning. And then like, I heard a few things with no context. And I was like, I heard, I was like, force ghost Luke shows up. The biggest one I heard was directly force ghost Luke shows up and catches the lightsaber. And I was like, what is, what is happening in this movie? And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, I, I get it. I see what they're doing. Yeah. This is yeah, and, and then, I guess yeah. and guess what? You can see what they're doing and still not like it. That's fine. No, no and I was
1: gonna like say, like, the, the big thing for me was that they that w- was the big reveal that, oh, the the Kyla Ren line, which is often criticized, which I'm not gonna get into here, of like, yeah. oh, um, I never lied to you about your parents, but your grandparent but your grandfather is palpatine. Um mm. I saw that on that leak and I'm like, wow, that is terrible. And then I watched the film in December a few months later and ate it up. I loved it. I loved how it was done. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is that like things going the way you don't want them to go isn't necessarily inherently a bad thing. Frankly, and I will say this, um, and this is a recent development of mine. Actually, I feel like The Bad Batch has been a lot of has been a lot of where I've had these feelings of like learning to get past what I want and go to what the story was telling me. Because I 100 thought. Remember at the end of like of that episode of The Bad Batch with Trace and Rafa where they're talking to that hologram and we don't see fully who it is we find out later it was rex i thought it was bale organa 100 i 100 thought it was bale organa i thought that's how bale organa is going to get into the bad batch and they're going it's going to they're going to connect up with bale and that didn't happen um and it took me it took me a second to be like oh so it, so bale organa has is not does not have anything to do with this season now Funnily enough, he actually ended up uh, showing up in the next season. But still, that was, like, it's a very silly minor detail, but that was an adjustment for me. Um, uh, But the one I like to think of, and the one I was really impressed with, honestly, is that I had, going into the season two finale of The Bad Batch, I had a full plot in my mind of how I expected it to go. And halfway into the episode, where it was going around how I expected it to go, they went in a completely different direction. They they absolutely did a complete intern. It was a lot more tragic than I thought it was going to be. And I will say that I, again, not to brag or anything, but I just sat there and I was impressed because for me, absolutely, I did not expect anything they did, but they were earning, in my mind, every twist that they gave me. Um, yeah. The death of tech, the capture, of the, the betrayal of SID, the... Uh, capture of omega the reveal with emery they earned every single misdirect that they throwed my way when when i could have just been angry that they didn't end up getting to wayland at all like remember the whole Mm -hmm. season when when we're like all roads lead to it like that was that was something that good friend of the show and i'm not criticizing him for this i'm i'm absolutely not but um, I remember in a lot of his um, reviews, Alex Damon, Star Wars Explained, was saying all roads yeah. lead to Wayland. And I was with him on that. I'm like, oh yeah, this is going all oh, well, We were too.
0: I mean, like, I remember talking at, to, at to, to Nikki and, and Sean Room and a bunch of other people that we know that we're friends with from uh, ISP and Bogos and a bunch of other places that, oh, the last episode's called Plan 99. Plan 99 must be the whole group reunites at one location or like the whole, whatever Plan 99 is has to be, the assault on hemlock's lab or something like yeah. that. And guess what? It wasn't. It just Plan, wasn't. 99 was <laughs> Plan
1: 99 was sad. Plan 99 was dying.
0: Plan 99 was a man down. Like it was the opposite of an inspiring ending.
1: Yeah. And 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 I credit them a lot for this sort of, these sort of philosophies and these sort of ideas. Um Ken Knapp, Sock, Justice Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa at Force Center. Um the idea of speculating responsibly. Uh, that I still speculate about things. I still think of like oh how could they fit x or y into ahsoka or how do how do how are they going to fit uh or how's how's here's another good example how's the mandalorian season four going to go now that seemingly the first arc of the show has been wrapped up at the end of season three but it's when you let those control how much you like them it's what when you let those expectations control the reality that you might get into some trouble and um i'm i actually really want to go and rewatch. specifically for me the last episode of the book of boba fett because i feel like i let my expectations quite a bit control when i watched that episode a little bit too much and i i, I do want to go back and watch that because i was really loving that show and i remember watching the the final episode i'm like no, that was good, but I expected more. And I'm and, and and looking back, I'm like, why exactly did I expect more? What was the reason I was expecting more?
0: And is it because you built it, it up it, in your mind or because of the story? Yeah. That's the thing. Is like yeah. at what point are we responsible for? Because I we we did that too. Uh, Tori Fox and I we did we covered it on Mandatory and Creed as that show came out, and we did Cure a watch every week. Because we were convinced oh. that Kira had something to do with it, because you can kind of oh, hear yeah. the Crimson Dawn music and the theme song. Kira, Kira which again,
1: like, can you
0: hear the Crimson Dawn music in the theme song, or was that in my head? You know, it's like yeah, I, I don't and know. Even if you could,
1: is that just a coincidence,
0: or is it a like, reference? you know, is it a reference yeah, to is crime? It a, it was, is know? it a
1: reference to crime? Uh, Kira Watch is a good example. I remember um, uh, there. Um, I remember a lot of people were there were a lot of rumors around the time that we were going to get Han Solo in the last episode of The Book of O'Fett. Yes.
0: There was a report that had some true things. So that's why it got it got scary, because it, was, it got enough right that I was like, oh, God. It correctly predicted that there was a young woman named Drash in the show. It correctly called out the Rancor thing, which had been around. The N1 Starfighter had been around, but it was in there as well. And Cad Bane, facing off against Cad Bane in the finale was in there. But it also said that live-action Rex and live-action Echo were both in it and that Han Solo was coming and I was like oh
1: I did not god. know about Rex and Echo holy cow wow yeah
0: I remember reading that and by accident too I think like on Instagram or something one of those text posts I was like oh god I can't tell anyone I was like Timora yeah. Morrison's gonna play three characters um and then it didn't happen I,
1: I was convinced pretty like early on with Mando season two um uh, that 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 the role that Tim Morrison was going to be playing was not Boba and it was Rex. But this is all a long way of saying that people get things wrong, and this is not just in leaks. People get things wrong when we're, when we're speculating about things. People get things wrong all of the time, and that is not a fault of the storytellers. That's a that, that that's our fault. Yeah. Like, and 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 we've all done it. I'm not saying that only like people who are strong or or, or better or wiser can't do it because we all do it but it's about living in that balance it's about living in that like idea that whatever you want to happen has no bearing on whether it actually does and that doesn't have any bearing on whether what you're watching is good or not one of the things i remember going into andor really wanting i thought that will be really cool to trace of the earliest rebel movements, like the hidden path to the rebel movement that I knew was building up in Andor. And I, what was a good way to do that in my mind? Roken. I wanted Roken in Andor.
0: Oh, that's Didn't interesting. Happen. I wanted, I wanted Roken in Survivor. And even though I haven't played Survivor, I'm going to guess he's not in it. Uh, uh,
1: he is not. No, he is not. Just in
0: because, because, yeah. Survivor. Thank you for breaking that news to me because I've done a really good job of staying mostly unspoiled <laughs> on Survivor. At the time of this recording, I only know a couple spoilers, like, I don't know how it ends, still. I've gone, I have no idea how it ends. It's, um, but I was it's like, an, I figure it's if, an if I figure O'Shea Jackson Jr. would have told the world by now if he was in that game.
1: Yeah, no, um, so, he, yeah. I, I I actually also wish Roken had been in um, Survivor as well. Um, but no, Survivor, actually, I think, I don't know, like, it's too early for me to say this right now. I think it might be my favorite story so far this year, honestly. Yeah. Um, mm. I think it might be my favorite star Wars story so far this year maybe maybe the two-parter in the middle of season two of the bad batch but Survivor's is mm-hmm. definitely up there um no that that game is that that game did what it wanted to do let me tell you that game that game very much like a lot of the star wars stuff that has been coming out last Jedi I think Mando season three fits the bill in that way said okay throw all your expectations out the window because we're taking this where we want to and I, and I think it it did well for the most part on where it wanted to go i guess we should get to to this an elephant in the room for me when it comes to star wars discourse and i think also for alden too but i know this discourse really affected me when it came out um and and i think a lot of our friends it really affected them greatly which is Andor. disclaimer going in i'm not the biggest fan of andor as a show that does not mean how, i hate it I like dare
0: it you I'm leaving goodbye I'm kidding Go
1: <laughs> I don't I don't hate it by any stretch of the imagination I don't love it but I think it, I, I think it does a lot great and it does a lot of things that it's not that they don't work for me it's that they're not the things I'd, I personally like to see in Star Wars and that's fine not everything in Star Wars needs to be tailored to me just like it not everything in Star Wars needs to be tailored to any singular person other than the people creating it my problem is not with how people were talking about Andrew. My problem was Andor was being used as a tool, not for enjoying it for its own sake, but for beating up some of the other Star Wars series that had been released and that people didn't like, which I Mm -hmm. think is both unfair to Andor and to those shows, the Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan Kenobi, even sometimes The Mandalorian. I think that, like, there are a lot of people who decided for whatever reason that they wanted to say that Andor is objectively better than anything that Disney had done with Star Wars. And I hate to break it to those people, I really do, but there is no such thing as objectively better. All of that is up to your opinion. There is no barometer that you can make that is truly impartial. And that's why my disclaimer at first, um, that 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 I'm not a huge fan of Andor does not matter in this case, because even if I was, my opinion should not govern the opinion of other people.
0: It just shouldn't. Like no one should. Yeah. Like it's just a it's just a situation of why do why do we end up in this place? And I don't have the answers to this, but I know this is what it is. Why and how do we end up in a place where your opinion has to be right? It can't just be the opinion um it speaks to a deep insecurity i think inside of certain people that their opinion they can't just say proudly from the rooftops i would love it if they did if they were like i love Andor so much it's made me fall back in love with star wars this is amazing i can't wait to talk about it with people they can go on about it all day but it's the second that they're like it's the best period i'm right uh it's better than that that's the that's the situation we end up in where it's like okay but there's so many layers to that what about What about tone? What about genre? That's a prestige drama, espionage thriller, slow burn. It is not pulp fantasy. Does that mean that it's inherently better than pulp fantasy? No, it doesn't. And you're immediately discounting entire genres and you end up with these criticisms um, of things like uh, the Mandalorian, where it's like, that's just playing with action figures. It's not real storytelling. And it's like, first of all, I resent that because imaginative play is super important for the development of kids, number one. Uh, and number two, the fact that it can't be an all-ages story. But that's like saying that, like, Avatar The Last Airbender isn't as good as Game of Thrones because kids watch Avatar The Last Airbender. It's like, yeah, yeah they're supposed to. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I hope they're not watching and, Game of Thrones.
1: And also, uh, also... And I'm not saying that specifically these people matter in the in the same way because I've heard a lot of people like when I when I'm trying to say this about these people and I'm, and it's easy because they're the main people behind these stories and they're the leadership behind these stories to say like oh they're they're billionaires they don't care blah 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 whatever but how do you think the people feel who are making these stories not just the people yeah. up top let's say the Mandalorian like John Favreau Dave Filoni Rick Famuyua, who what have you but yeah. what about the people who are like the lower level people who are doing camera work or who are playing in the orchestra for the score? Hundreds and thousands of people make these things and they make them because they work in the industry. And of course, this is we're um, recording this early on in the Writers Guild strike. And I certainly hope that all of these people, uh, no matter what position they have, get better treatment and pay in the industry. But they do it because to a certain extent i hope they're passionate about the industry uh and they didn't make it for some people for 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 it to just come out and some people say yeah well andor was better
0: and you can think that but and then you know the push pull during that whole saga of andor discourse was you know people doing this and engaging in this type of reductive thought would be like well we're just comparing things and it's like but you're not even doing that you're not actually doing what you said you're doing. You're not engaging in, in comparing contrast. I'm sorry, you're not. you know, saying are dunks on this and why isn't other stuff like this and it's embarrassing and I'm not going back to watching other stuff, which are all things that were said. These are not exaggerations. These are all verifiable yeah. things. Not once did anybody say, you know what I like about Andor that didn't quite work for me in this show? It's this. And when you look at this and this and this, there was none of that. That's fine. That's interesting. That at least we could talk about. We could at least talk about that. Um, yeah, you end up with a. My opinion um, is full and right, and it's because we attach opinions to identities, and we attach subsets of fandoms to identities. And if you feel like having the number one, your number one Star Wars be the number one Star Wars is the only way you can validate yourself, that's a real life problem <laughs> and a Star Wars problem.
1: No, absolutely. Um, and. And that's the other thing is that um, I, I want to emphasize is that, to me at least, stories are multidimensional. Like, o- on the whole, do I like some star- pieces of Star Wars media better than other Star Wars medias? Yeah, I do. But it's not like I, if I like uh, movie X better than movie Y. I like every single thing that movie X does better than every single thing movie Y does. That's not how that works. I mean, I think, and this is just a technology thing, because of um, the, how much better they've gotten at, at animation at Lucasfilm. Uh, do I like the animation of the Bad Batch more than I like um, the animation of the early Clone Wars stuff and the early mm-hmm. Rebel stuff? Yeah, I do. But do I think the Bad Batch is a better show, or do I like the Bad Batch more than the early Clone Wars and Rebels? Not necessarily.
0: That's the thing, too, is that the nuanced opinion about performances or about animation or about score or about all types of things like I can say firmly that I think Andor is better filmically made. Like, I think that it has better sets for me. I think that the the cinematography for me is a little bit stronger um, than, say, Mandalorian or Kenobi. But I do not like it more then I like Kenobi for me personally. Kenobi is my number one favorite show, besides Rebels and just talking live action. So it's like, we can can find the things here um, and engage with these different elements. And and that encourages conversation. And that's another way that you and I stay positive about it is that we're finding, yeah, we're finding these, these contrasts, but in that you're finding things to celebrate. Like, do I think that the prequels or the sequel trilogy for me are quote-unquote as strong as the original trilogy i'm not sure i still think if you asked me gun to my head which trilogy is your favorite i would probably still say originals although the sequels get closer every day i will say um but with that said the sequel trilogy is the best goddamn acted star wars there's ever been oh yeah like the performance if you're an act if you're a fan of acting then you can find that if you're a fan of designs and creatures and tech and innovations the prequels are probably going to speak to you a lot too and that's a big key point with everything we've said is if you feel like you're a certain type of fan and that certain things speak to you, chase that, find that. If you're somebody that Absolutely. loves- If you're somebody that loves the prequels, you should be watching Light and Magic. You should be going down the rabbit hole of like what George did and what Adam um, did. Um, and if you're somebody that likes the sequels, you should be watching things like Director and the Jedi and telling people to watch Star Wars Resistance and going to find Resistance, that. And, yeah. re- and reading Aftermath and doing- like Find your and, thing- yeah and lean into it. That's why, again, I, I referenced them earlier, but like Liv and Hayden and all these people on Twitter that love the bounty hunters comic, they have their own little fandom inside of the
1: fandom. The bounty hunters fandom, the high Republic yeah. fandom.
0: the best uh, example. Who, yeah.
1: Like, who, like the High Republic fandom. And I just want to give credit to all these people. It was, it's a, it's a, it's a book series. I've never seen this much enthusiasm in the star Wars fan base for a book series in my life. Um, and am I behind on, dreadfully behind on the higher public? Yes, yes I am. Um, but I'll say this, I loved what I've read. And I, but more than that, I love what pe- but like, you know, there is that little clip of all those people gathering around. I know Christine Ariel was there. I know Daniel Jose Oller was there. I, I know a bunch of the authors and people involved in the higher public there. And you know, that big like panning shot at the closing ceremony and everybody goes, we are all the Republic. I mean, that's awesome.
0: It's amazing. That's great, it's, and that comes from people, again, leaning into what speaks to them, and uh, and not leaning into what doesn't. Like I'm not the biggest fan of Rogue One. Neither are you. um It's not dislike. If it's on, I'll watch it. But like, it's but but I'm not gonna spend my days being like, you know how Rogue One could have been better. Like, what? Yeah. Who is that helping? And also, I can't yeah. do anything about that. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Also, you know the reason, the, the the main reason that I don't particularly like Rogue One, it's not really anything it did. It's that it's not my kind of Star Wars, personally. Mm-hmm. And I I think that that is something that that people can remember too. Is that not all Star Wars has to be ha, has to mark the same area? Because yeah. that's not how it works. And and Star Wars can be different. And Star Wars I think should be different and should keep reaching for new interesting ways. And, um, you know, we, we have, like even in the next year, I'm thinking, we have so many different interesting visions on Star Wars. We have the continuation of Andor, which is um, which is how Tony Gilroy and Bo Willeman and uh, Toby Haynes and all those people who are working on that see that part of the universe. Then we have the acolyte uh, with people like Leslie Headland and her crew. Yes. Um and you know we have the continuation of the Mandoverse um or the Mandalorian story.
0: Um, Ooh, yeah I, Mandalorian. I, slipped I, slipped I slipped in it. <laughs> uh, I slipped in
1: it. I slipped in it. I I I said it and then I had like a like an instant reaction. I'm like uh oh but that's good um, though. That's
0: good because that means that I've I've honed my brand so strongly that you could say things like tapestry that are pro Alden words. There are things like Metaverse <laughs> that are anti Alden words.
1: Um, but my point was like we're we're getting an expansion a- expansion of the Grogu saga of um, of John Favreau and Dave Filoni and Rick Famuyiwa and Bryce Dallas Howard's visions, and we're adding new people to that. The Daniels. Now we know recently with season three, people like Lee Isaac Chung and uh, Rachel Morrison, uh, Ahsoka. People like Ina Patel. And Jennifer Getzinger, like, we were adding so many people's visions to the Star Wars universe. And moving on to, like, another point, And this is, like, a very, this is an extrapolation of a lot of things we've been talking about. I have this term that i made up called media object permanence.
0: Hmm, I like that. Media
1: object permanence, in my mind, is on people's ability to separate pieces of Star Wars media mm. from each other. The word that comes, it comes back to when we're talking about this is ruined. The Last Jedi ruined The Force Awakens, for an example. The Phantom Menace ruined the original trilogy. The original trilogy didn't change. Like, like, like. obviously it changes in context and all that kind of stuff, and that's interesting, and you they, they dissect that stuff, but the literal material of the films didn't change when The Phantom Menace came out. Other than the special editions, which I understand makes this compl- conversation a bit more complicated, those films don't just suddenly change because new stuff is out. If you yeah. want to see them in an interpretation that conflicts with, that clashes with it because of a, a film uh, that or whatever that's been released since then, nothing's stopping you. If you in your mind want to still think that the children of The Watch is like this incredibly like, and, and maybe people have different opinions about this than me, me, because I feel like I've, I've kind of, I don't think, I, don't, I don't want to say that I've come around on The Children of the Watch, but I think I've realized that the story they were trying to tell with The Children of the Watch wasn't exactly the one I thought they were trying to tell. Um, but like, if you want to still believe that The Children of the Watch are as fanatical and as crazy and as obsessed as Bo-Katan told you they were in The Heiress... There's nothing stopping you from doing that.
0: You can synthesize, right? With this, it's like, you bring up the the Children of the Watch example. Like I I am on the record predicting things that did not happen. (laughs) Like, but at that point, it's like I have to synthesize my ideas of what they are and what the implications are with the story that they were choosing to tell, which was one of cultural unity and one of, you know, stopping horizontal oppression and and, and a common enemy and, and rallying, um, for a common cause and so all of that plays into um, this as well where it's like you need to assess like okay what did they choose to do what did I think why did I think it and can the why did I think it and what they did mesh where do they meet where do they not and in that is is a fun analysis that doesn't have to be a bad thing it doesn't the, your reaction I think in a healthy way in an unhealthy way rather would be like oh they didn't do this and it's a missed opportunity and it's like well why why is that a missed opportunity or is there something now that we can sit on, that we can think about, um, you know, and what you've been saying about uh, this this idea that it it changes like it doesn't get rid of Mano of seasons one and two, just like Phantom Menace didn't get rid of the OT, just like canon books did not get rid of Legends books. They mean that they don't directly interface with movies right now. That's true. It changed the way that they affect things, but they are still in print and they still exist, and they still have fans, yep. and they still. They still make new fans and they still uh, connect connect with people and touch their hearts. And all of that is so valuable because the canon, uh, the canonicity of things is, is what you make it to a very large degree. Um, and you can say to yourself, I liked it better. You know, the hot, the hot button when we've already sort of referenced with Ray. It's like, I liked it better when Ray was completely unconnected to everybody. And it's like, OK, well, then they said that she was. Um so where where is something in the middle there? Yeah, you might not ever be happy about it, but you can look at the character of Ray, and consider what I think you and I agree on, and other people that we're friends with, is that Ray also preferred that Ray became okay with Ray the scavenger girl. She became okay with that. She Palpatine tries to use that against her, and and he can't. She doesn't falter when he calls her that. She doesn't falter um, because her parents sacrifice themselves and like she comes to terms with it all all stages sure she still had 19 years of of growing into into ray nobody from tfa and that doesn't go away it's still a part of why she makes these choices so there's there's the thought you know in story there's the thought of analytical stuff and then there's the the personal stuff too which some things hey they're never going to sit well with you for your personal experiences and i get that and no one can ever take that away from you especially marginalized voices you know There are people that are like, yeah, you know, I want to like Last Jedi, but, you know, it's a fan, you know, who's a person of color and they can't get over the fact that Finn's role was reduced from seven to eight. And that's so valid and that should be listened to and respected with fandom. There also comes that element, which is like, are we having a real life conversation or are we having a fan conversation? Um, Yeah. And and we need to be okay asking that and figure out where each other is coming from that way because that person is having a real point right and it'd be really easy for a last jedi lover to jump in and be like his role is still important and a little bit, and it's like okay well you're not listening to what they're saying
1: and that actually brings us nicely to the the um, other uh, to two other points that are in here which is the first one we can get through i think decently quickly because um i know you and i have both talked about this at length on both of our shows and it's the idea about canon which Mm -hmm. at least in my opinion, does not matter as much as people think it does. Nope. And I say this as somebody who runs a show about literally asking people all of the details about canon. I understand my role in this. Something like the the best example I have in my mind um, about the discussion for canon for me is is the series premiere of The Bad Batch. Oh, do I remember the conversations, the season, the, the series premiere of The Bad Batch with that first ten-minute scene uh, where they decided, you know what would be cool? We're going to put Kane and Jarett in the opening sequence of The Bad Batch, but it had already been explained in a comic, and for some people, apparently, those two portrayals couldn't possibly fit together, even though. They're basically the same story, just added a few characters that weren't there in the comics and shifted a few details about the time of day.
0: Yeah. It's just like, literally I've tried to tell people like, it's just further clarification on which clones were there. It's still Collar. It's still Kanan and Deppa. It still goes down pretty much the same. And that's a 12 issue comic book series issues two through 12, completely unaffected. All they did was change the climate and time of day on caller and say that it was and like match. styles
1: is still there. Isn't that styles that they talked to in the episode? Isn't yeah, I'm sure that styles?
0: yeah. I think so, that's like,
1: styles.
0: so it's all it's mostly the same. And it's like, I get it, you know, those things are precious to people and they affect them. And to have it changed is, is an emotional thing, but at the same time, this comes down to the conversation again. We have it with different projects. Like, what is that project trying to be? Right? It's also what is Star Wars trying to be, it's the whole thing. And if Star Wars is trying to be a myth, which it tells you from the second it starts, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, is the Star Wars version of Once Upon a Time. It's a fairy tale. And so every time we open it up, it could be a different telling of something. And it could be a further perspective on something. That's what's fun about the From a Certain Point of View books. Some of them fit very easily in. Some of them don't. And that's by design. Some of them are so goofy that they're a completely different style of story. And that's fine.
1: And, and, that's, and that's what George Vance started to do. Um, I know his first um, ascent into Star Wars publishing was with those myths and fables book, which tells you at the very beginning, hey, some of this stuff happened, some of this stuff maybe happened in a similar fashion, and some of this stuff probably didn't happen at all. Um, like, yeah. there's that myth that I love in the first myths and, myths and fables. No, this is not the myths and fables. This is the Legends of Luke Skywalker book. This is what it is. Mm. It's about the flea, the flea that was on Luke when he was battling at the Great Pit of Carcoon and who claimed to save, to have saved the day at the Battle of the Great Pit of Carcoon. Did that stuff happen? Almost certainly not. No. But this isn't funny to think of people talking about a sentient flea in the Star Wars universe talking about how he almost saved Luke, Luke Skywalker's life. Yeah, it's hilarious to me. Like, it's just funny. Um, And that almost certainly didn't happen, but that is a story that circulated in the universe.
0: It's it's great to be able to have that sort of fallibility. And some characters are even doing it as they go, you know, like Han, who creates his own legend, you know, as he goes, and and Lando too.
1: I remember specifically when I watched the second episode of Andor for the first time, Hmm. and uh, Marva said to Cassian, we told the authorities you were born on Fest. I remember just sitting back and just laughing for a straight minute.
0: It's so smart. Um, it's such a good way to do it. It brought us into the story. It made it really the did. readers... We, we fell for their cover, um, which is they a really, really them. smart thing to do. Um, and that's and again, you can enjoy that or you can get mad at that. And you it's really down to you. It's a choice.
1: And then there's, I guess, what I'm calling the extreme caveat to all of this stuff, um, which Alden already touched on, and I want to say this because I'm probably the voice that one of the voices that needs to be talking about this the least because i'm not one of the people who should be talking about this we need to make sure that phantom space above anything else is inclusive and so i'm not going to lie now i can't watch the mandalorian season one and two the same way now that i know the kind of person that gina carano is yeah, I'm. I try to enjoy it as much as I can outside of her, and season two is one of my favorite seasons of Star Wars television so far. But it's not ever to me going to be the same because of the kind of person and the kind of comments that I know that Gina Carano has made. And that and that one's like the 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 uh, a very at least to me in like a sort of easy example. Of yeah, it's a big one. Where, um... where where the where the issue with. Uh, issues of transphobia of anti-semitism of racism are very clear to see but then there's some other like ones that aren't as clear as stuff like the um like how i know a lot of queer fans wanted very badly finn and poe to be in a romantic relationship at the end of the sequels and that is extremely valid
0: you have to find well again where are people coming from Why does it matter? And do you respect that? Like, even if it's something you never thought about, you, you can watch sequels and be like, Oh, that was, I mean, I, I didn't, I also thought they should be together. And a lot, a lot of our friends did too. Um, but theoretically, if you showed that to a, a teenager right now, they might be like, Oh, I didn't realize that they were a thing that people shipped. But when people explain to you why it matters, um, you have to listen to that. And that's part of, you know, this whole episode about discourse, about how we treat each other is that we don't, people don't come at it with empathy. They don't take time to ask, why does this person think that why did that hurt that person why did it not hurt that person why did they notice it or not how did they present their point is this an attack or is this an opportunity to educate is are we are we having a conversation here for real does this need to be had in public there's all types of these nuances uh instead of just trying to own that person in the replies
1: yeah absolutely um and i think that that all of this especially i want to make this clear with the real world stuff with the real world implications there's no easy answers if there were easy answers we wouldn't be having this conversation and obviously people who look like me and people who come from my background should not 100 should not be leading the conversation and i am trying as best as i can to acknowledge that and i'm not saying i'm perfect uh, nobody is. That's also why it's important, at least for me, to have a diverse selection of voices that you listen to in the fan base. There are tons of them. If you look, there are great voices from all different backgrounds talking with love, but also with a critical eye to their backgrounds, to how they were raised, to how they grew up, to this stuff we love. And actually, that's kind of what I want to get into. I'll um, have anything else on for the final idea, which is that we are not isolated in these opinions it's not just the two of us
0: far from it i I think the conversation needs to get bigger that's the thing you know um it needs to be something like good faith is something that we should fight for it's something that we should be talking about it's something that we should be letting people know there can be a better conversation that is had
1: oh absolutely um i'd like to shout out specifically three podcasts youtube channels that um i go to specifically when i'm looking for conversations of those types And those three are, we've mentioned two of them already. Actually, we've mentioned all three of them in some way or shape or form already. Force Center, Ken Mm -hmm. Napsok, Justice Grimshaw, Jennifer Landa do a great job of having these conversations. Star Wars Explained, Alex and Molly Damon do a great job of having these conversations and uh the imperial senate podcast also do a great job of having these conversations and these that's not an exhaustive list by any stretch not of the imagination all. not
0: close i mean even just in our friend group i'll rattle off a few more just off the top of my head you got boop and john nerd herder you've got uh, bogus cantina hosted by sean room you've got uh if you head over to nerd academy you know with jared the the dark loser jedi uh you got <laughs> Bombad House cast with jerry and scotty you've got i mean just looking here we got *A try to the forest with goose we have pink milk with brian and tom we've got that gay jedi you've got talking bay you got force toast you got father son galaxy my god like the best like oh absolutely that, that is, is on the on. one
1: unnegotiable thing that needs to be recognized in Star Wars fandom is that there's no getting better than keith and carwin yard just no.
0: that is correct that's correct no way indisputable uh, fact. and you can find those people that's the thing find your people and stick with them Um, and if you can't find your people and you know someone that has ask them ask them how they did it they stick together because it's very cheesy to say in a Star Wars conversation but there are more of us
1: uh anything that you want to add alden before we wrap up this great conversation that we've had about just general fandom stuff
0: um i would say that this conversation is ongoing Um, And I would say that we will have it again down the road and we'll have it with other friends. And it's something that we need to keep having. But again, so much of this, again, intentions, intentions, perspectives, uh, experiences, all these things. Consider who you're talking to, why you agree, why you disagree. and, And look at that as an opportunity to learn, not as an opportunity to feel offense. You know, you're a person who loves Star Wars. You're not a Star Wars person. You're more than that, and that's inf- that's influencing why you like this the way that you do, and you like it in an individual way. We all do. We all have our way of loving it, and lean into that, and remember to get in touch with it every now and then to shed everything out and just sit back and watch your favorite, or watch one that makes you laugh, or watch one that's really easy to watch. You know, throw on yeah. Young Jedi Adventures, or I was or...
1: literally just about to make a Young Jedi Adventures reference. That that yes. that show I have watched. I'm not joking, two episodes of that seven episode show, it is encapsulated in my brain like Star Wars hasn't done in a long, long time, and I'm not throwing shit at any other Star Wars project at all, but like, Mm -hmm. wow, are like young kids of these days lucky that they have that for Star Wars.
0: Absolutely. Things just because they get better doesn't mean that there isn't still stuff to stick up for. Um, Steps get made, but it can be a it's not linear. Progress is not linear. And you have to stand firm for real life issues, online issues, whatever it is, and say, this is how I feel. Um, This is what I stand for. Let people know. um, And people will appreciate it. So that's the last thing I have to say really is send a message to somebody, right? That's that you think is doing it right. And say, thanks. Say, I appreciate it. It goes a long way. It
1: really does. And um, I agree with everything on the send with that and I, I think it's just really important to as we said before lead with love you mm-hmm. know I, I go back to the idea that I'm a Star Wars fan I like Star Wars that's my natural state when I'm not there it means that something is deviating from the norm that I expect for myself and that doesn't mean that I never dislike what Star Wars is doing far from it but you know when I'm that much of a dislike, it's either because I'm looking at it the wrong way, or it's Knights of the Old Republic 2.
0: Good <sighs> <sighs> night, everyone. <laughs> We're out of here. It's over now. Uh,
1: <laughs> no, I, I even I, I even like things about Knights of the Old Republic. I, I will actually prove this right now, because um, despite all the hatred I claim to give to Knights of the Old Republic too. What Star Wars character did I make sure to get a picture with at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim when I was there? Darth Nihilus.
0: Because you know that he's great. I, I he's do. Actually, love he's Darth actually Hive. my he's actually my least favorite of those three Sith, but still.
1: Okay, all right. Um, that's a that's another conversation for another day. But I think if that's it, um, a good well, thanks question Alden for having
0: for another time. for another
1: time. <laughs> um. Thanks so much, Alden, for doing this stuff with me. I've ha- I've yeah. been wanting to have this conversation for quite a while. I think ever since um, I think ever since we wound down 2022, um, mm-hmm. did I really noticed the escalation of this stuff. But yeah. yeah, thanks for coming on doing this. Yeah, of course. Uh, do you wanna do you wanna get uh, tell people where they can find you and your stuff?
0: Yeah, you can find me personally at that Alden Diaz, T h a l d e d i a z. Talking Star Wars on Octo Radio, Star Wars Podcast, and its different sub-shows therein with different collaborators. And then you can find me on Cast Talk with Ken Napsok, talking about our favorite fantasy worlds, like the world of Ice and Fire, uh, Tolkien, Willow, um, and writing around the internet and doing different things.
1: You can find me at OGFan327 on Twitter, at In a Galaxy Pod on Twitter, at Star Wars In a Galaxy on Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts will be there. For not, you can email us, SWinagalaxy, gmail.com. Of course, follow our spin-off show, Epic Confrontations, the Star Wars Trivia League, at In a Galaxy Trivia um, on Twitter. Uh, you can watch all the stuff on the Star Wars and Galaxy YouTube channel. Alden, is me- as well as many other people, he is a competitor. He's coming back. And I think if there isn't anything else, all I have to say is may the Force be with you. Always.
0: Thanks so much to Eli from In a Galaxy for bringing this topic to the table. I had a great time. Chatting about all these different fandom aspects and these different layers of our shared communal experience. It was a great time. Like we already said, you can find me personally at that Alden Diaz. T-H-A-T-A-L-D-E-N-D-I-A-Z. Find Octo Radio on all your podcast platforms. Leave reviews on Apple and Spotify if you'd be so kind. A-H-C-H-T-O Radio on those platforms and on all the socials. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok Hive. I'm on there personally. All the places. Email us. Um, it's all over you can find me of course again uh, with Ken Napsok over on Castrolit Talk writing in different places on the internet appearing on all of our different friends shows uh, and uh, getting excited for Ahsoka season which is going to be coming to us of course toward the end of the summer really excited for all the Star Wars talk that is to come and for right now we will catch you next time right here on Octo Radio. Punch it Chewy.